With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. By Hollywood, you mean Burbank? And uh, it is the business end of show business every Sunday from 5 to 7 on KEIB AM 1150. And, uh, we are joined by Sam, our engineer, and Sam, also producer of the show. He's got two jobs. And today we're going to do something a little different because I'm in the middle of a TV show. I've, I'm working all day, all night, that kind of thing. I'm the showrunner of a series on Fox Nation. And it's uh, if you're a showrunner on a TV show, it just never stops. It's like a thousand things coming at you from all directions. And I'm right in the middle of the pre-production part of it, so... But I got time, and uh, I still might know what I'm talking about. So let's um, talk about what's going on in show business and what kind of deals are being made and, and who's suing who and that kind of thing. How are you doing, Sam? I'm good. How are you doing? It's good hearing from you. Good to hear you. Did you um, – let's start with the movies. Did you make it to the movies? I did not. I'm at, but I did have the discussion with the baby mama about taking the kids to the movies because she's really apprehensive about everything still. And uh, it looks like we are uh, looking maybe sometime this week taking the kids over and seeing a movie. That's cool. I think they'll like it. And uh, I've been I've been several times now. This week I went to see the um, Courier with Benedict Cumberbatch. And the lady from Mrs. Maisel. Uh, it's a spy thriller, and excellent. And it was an excellent time. I saw it at the AMC theaters in Long Beach. It's had probably a more pleasant experience seeing the, the movies at the Huntington Beach Bella Terra. Um, if I had to compare the two, since the, everything's broken out, um, they just less people talking at the Bella Terra than in in. Uh, in the then the MC, not that anyone cares, but if you're trying to make a decision, um, yeah, good movie, The Courier, good movie, and um, I just got a thing today that said uh, for the second time, or it just seems to be like five five people per hundred thousand new cases of of COVID um, in your county where you live, Los Angeles County. So that's five people per hundred thousand. Um. And uh, that's not a lot of people. So that's – and then most of those people are – you know, they got tested or they're sick and they're staying home. Um, some of them aren't. Some of them might go to the movies. But that's like – it's probably easier to get struck by lightning than to find one of those people and to have them cough on you. So um, – and if you're a kid – uh, even less, you know, harmful to you. So I understand why she's, um, worried, but heck, let's get out there. Let's do some things. I went to church today and, uh, my church in Orange County, they stopped doing church outside. They just went inside. They just said, it's, that's, it's, it's, they look at the numbers and say, this is what they were saying is, is they're just calling it, It's not even a pandemic. 
I've heard other doctors say that. What is a pandemic? Is five per 100,000 people a pandemic? Is there a number? Do you know? I'm not the one who makes up those things. I have no idea. Okay, if five new cases per 100,000 people, that means like where I'm at now in Seal Beach, the city of Seal Beach is 28,000 people. Five per 100,000 would be like um, less than one people in my town. Less than one, like a 0.8 person. I don't know what is a new case of COVID. Now, maybe there's, okay, so there's one today, one tomorrow, one the next day. Um, you add them up, there's five running around uh, and 28,000 people. How am I going to find this person? That, that, is certain, it, it, that is a pandemic? Is that a pandemic when five people out of 28,000 in a city have a new case of something? It's nice when we get to this point of it. And um, the and if the the and the contagion rate or whatever is like one uh, one person gets it point nine something people get it after from that person, which is less than the flu, according to my doctor. So, um, you know, people I think should I mean I don't know what you want to do, but that I mean is to me it's not a pandemic. My church said this is not a pandemic. Come on in, sit down. You want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, sit wherever you want, too. They said, you sit wherever you want. No usher telling you where to sit. People sat where they felt like sitting. If they didn't want to be inside, they sat outside. And they had speakers going outside. But the church was crowded. Um, People, like, you know, families kind of sat. But they didn't have the every other row thing where it's taped off. Yeah, you sit wherever you want. Um... To me, uh, it's, I think it's just, I don't, it, it, with those kind of numbers, how do you find somebody? How do you find somebody and then get, especially if you're outside and if you're outside and you're going to find somebody, how do they, how do they cough on you to get it? Also spoke to my doctor about this coughing. All the patients that she sees that have um, COVID, they all remember where they got it. Not, they remember the day, they remember who coughed on them. And it's a thing where people cough on you and you kind of remember. You know, yeah, I remember when that happened. Um, I'm not sure everybody does, but, you know, most people will remember where it happened. And then I, you know, I'm, I'm putting together a crew to go out and uh, shoot the TV show again. So I asked people, a couple of people that got COVID. They all know right where they got it. Working indoors for long periods of time without proper ventilation uh, when it was... Um, you know, when more people had it. So I think people should not be afraid of going to the movies, but everybody can, you know, I, and people should not be forced to go to the movies. I, I want to make I'm, make sure I stress that. People should not be dra- dragged out of their homes and forced to go to the movies too. And we still have the drive-in movies and we still have uh, television at home. So that's good. Now let's get to that Cinerama Dome story you sent me. So we're going to do something a little different today. Uh, Sam's going to... Um, He's guiding the show. He picked the stories because I'm uh, underwater. Now, you sent me this thing about Arclight. Yeah. And everybody's, everybody's sad. What, what do you know about it? Well, it looks like the uh, owner of the Pacific Theaters and Arclight Cinemas announced that they're not going to be reopening any of the locations after the pandemic shutdown's over. And that's got some—it's uh, something that, you know, like— this is, you know, a, lo- a local-based show, and those are two theaters that are kind of near and dear to a lot of locals' hearts. Oh, yeah. You you betcha. I mean, that's a, 
I mean, I remember almost every single time I sat in that Cinerama Dome theater, whether, whether it was to see Dr. Doolittle in 1967 or Krakatoa east of Java in 1969 probably or 70 or um, the uh, Apocalypse Now, the first movie ticket that I bought in advance. It was only the first time in L.A. where they were selling advance tickets. Um, and I was 16. I drove my car from Orange County up to Hollywood, bought some advance tickets for me and my friends. And then we, uh, then, then we all went surfing. We had Malibu. We, we never surfed Malibu before. So we, and it's not even close to Malibu, but we thought, Hey, this is isn't this sunset Boulevard right here. This is, if we follow it, will it lead to Malibu? So we brought our surfboards up there and we bought the tickets and then we went to Malibu. And then um, came back in September when it opened. And, you know, it's just all kinds of memories uh, for me like that at the Cinerama Dome. Uh, is it going to be torn down? Well, uh, according to this stuff you sent me, Sam, it's, a net, it's, a, it's already a landmark. So it'd be very hard to tear down and put condos up. Now, I'm not sure if the, the theaters behind it, you got the dome and then you got the arc light, you know, a whole bunch of theaters. That's kind of scary because who needs a whole bunch of theaters in boxes, you know? Yeah. That's rough. Um, well, and uh, got- it's a good thing that you were uh, bringing up. A buddy of mine used to work there and he uh, meant, he posted afterwards, like, you know, the business side was of the place was a little bit wonky, but the theater experience and the people who yes. were there made everybody's lives and the moviegoers' lives a better place. And yeah. it... He says he has no doubt that whatever apartment complex or Applebee's or whatever goes in its place on Sunset will suck in comparison. And be burnt to the ground by cinephiles. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so they have a, a – I think there's a there's a protection on the building. But someone could come in and turn it into a Pentecostal church, and then that, you know, it's kind of sad too because um, we want it as a place where we can go see movies and have a great movie experience. But um, – so one of the problems – one of the things that, you know, let's take a break. And when you come back, I'm going to tell you how this happened to the Cinerama Dome and what I think is going to happen, uh, which might surprise you. So let's check the traffic and we'll come back on Joe Escalante live from Hollywood. Joe Escalante live from Hollywood. If by Hollywood you mean Burbank with the business end of show business. Sam, what is. What's next on the docket? Well, you were uh, going to bring uh, yet some more to talk about, about the Arclight um, movie theater. Oh, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right about that. Okay, so the Arclight um, theater and the Cinerama Dome, one of the big things that they were, um, there's two things. One of them is big premieres, and the other is art films or that, that that start there and get a uh, art house films or smaller films, indie films, super cool stuff that, that gets an exclusive there for a number of weeks at, at like maybe four cities in America. Like the distributors, a rollout of a of a movie might work like you you put it into four theaters in New York and Los Angeles and uh, where else? Chicago, Atlanta. or San Francisco, I don't know what you do. But you go four cities, and then you have a limited engagement. People are seeing it. They're creating a buzz. And that, those those small theaters 
get a um, get an exclusive thing, and that and that, that's how they stay in business is with those exclusives, driving people to their theaters. Then it moves to the uh, then that movie will move to a um, the all the art houses, you know, and then though they're they're going to get it for a while, and they get some money. And then it moves to the mainstream theaters, opens wide. We've all heard that term. But lately, there's two things happening with that. The ArcLight, uh, you know, now that now that the window for a movie is is like, you know, going to be like 45 days total for like these Warner Brothers films. The HBO saying, after uh, 45 days, we're going to show it on our thing. They, you know, they tried doing the same day thing and, you know, there was a war and now, now it looks like the, um, you know, it, the settlement of that argument of, of how long that theaters get an exclusive theatrical exclusive is shrinking and shrinking, and shrinking. So they, there's really no room there for an arc light, uh, window. And then that other, all this kind of stuff, the, the, the people that make the movies know they're not going to make a lot of money in the theatrical release. So they're hungry to get it to the next level which is the money that can be made from streaming so that's that's disappearing and then even before this their premiere stuff that was kind of moving over to a lot of it was moving over to the amc theaters in century city where you know if you want and they're having premieres there and i mean if you want to see a movie do you want to go to hollywood which has now become a bunch of uh, uh, homeless people and hobo diarrhea everywhere you look. Um, do you want to do that, or do you want to go to Beverly Hills? There's also this, uh, the theaters in Westwood that do a lot of premieres. There's a bunch of different theaters around town that that are known for doing red carpet premieres. Yeah, so a lot of stuff, a lot of their business is is moving. Um, so they had a problem, even though we look at that thing and go, "Wow, the ArcLight is just the ultimate theater." But they had problems. Um, so it's very sad that if they should shut down. But one thing that you will notice, it was pointed out to me by uh, Ankler on the Ankler report, um, is uh, – whatever. I forgot the guy's name, but he has the Ankler report. Uh, it's a uh, newsletter that you should probably subscribe to um, if you like you – know, if you're serious about show business. Um, in the Ankler report, he pointed out that – um, the worrying of the president of the Pacific Theaters that owns 300 theaters saying we are not going to open the Arclight and the Cinerama Dome after this is done. They didn't say they were selling it. They didn't say they were tearing it down. They didn't say uh, this is permanent. They just said we're not opening it up afterwards. And then they were saying, you know, hopefully something changes. That kind of, It was a little vague. So the, the, the thought is they might be posturing to get lower rent. You know, and when, when, when they open back up or maybe forgiving the, the, the rent from the past year. So they probably had this discussion say, hey, look, we're going to open back up, but we can't pay all this. I mean, we have to come to a term. All right, we'll give you a 5% discount. 5%? I'm talking, I need a 95% discount. You know, who knows how this negotiation went? But at some point, the guy had to say, I can't open up there. And and so the Arclight, I mean, the Cinerama Dome and the Arclight building are going to they're gonna be vacant. You're going to have to rent them to someone else. 
Well, here's a question. Is it, I mean, if there's another person out there looking to buy it and keep it as the theater, is it even worth buying right now considering how things are going between streaming sites and everything like that? Is it worth it for uh, theaters like Arc, Arclight and these, you know, specialized theaters that everybody loves? Is it worth it for them with the business changing the way it is? Maybe not. It's my, I mean, I, I wouldn't put my money into it. Um, but I, you know, but if anyone can do it, Pacific can do it and they you know, are going to need a break. They're going to need to be able to negotiate to keep it alive and get to a point where they can, um, get, you know, be there if, if there's some kind of snapback, uh, in, uh, in, in movie going, uh, patterns. So it, it's, it, I would say that Cinerama Dome is always worth keeping, but the, those, the, the, the boxes of movies behind it, you know, that, that might be where the money is, is really lost. Cause you know, there's not just not enough movies being released. So maybe it'll change. Maybe there'll be more, maybe people will, it'll be like vinyl where people go like, you know what? It really is way cooler to listen to stuff on vinyl than any other way. And of course you listen to, uh, MP3s, uh, when it's convenient, but man, having vinyl and buying vinyl, it's not that expensive. It's not a hassle and it's fun. And the same way, I, I'm hoping that that's the same way people will look at the movies and say, you know, it's really fun. Godzilla versus Kong, amazing at the movies. Uh, the thing I just saw, The Courier, amazing at the movies. Um, it was a great, great experience. My reclining chairs are, are cool. Uh, getting a pizza or get, or going to the Alamo. The Alamo is amazing where you can get, like, fine dining at the movie theater. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's so nice. Yeah. A uh, lot of theaters, uh, AMC started having actual, like, emulating a lot of those other spots, having bars with, you know, cocktails and uh, yeah. good food actually lining up for you. So, And one of the things I started really enjoying, it made it a lot better, the whole experience better, was pre-ordering all of the snacks and the food ahead of time. And so right when you get there, it's just waiting for you. You pick it up and you go take your seat. It makes it so you're not stuck in a 30-minute line for food. And that, I, those are yeah. things that I think are going to continue. Uh, AMC looks like it's picking up, but it's for these, you know, places that are local like it, it Arclight was the kind of place for people like this is Hollywood it's a Hollywood town all of the people that work in the industry go like look forward yeah. to going to the Arclight for to see yeah. movies 
So it's, they drive they drive from all over town to see the movies there. It's a meeting place. It's a gathering place. Yeah. So uh, is it a place where we can expect Quentin Tarantino or Netflix to to get the group together and buy it? I don't know. Maybe, but I think I think the most likely thing is is the Pacific theaters make make a deal, and they uh, and they make a deal to keep it open, uh, you know, for at least another uh, year or so, and then figure out what to do. But if I was a Netflix guy, I'd be worried about this, and I'd be worried about the Chinese theater too. You want to be blamed for all that? Why don't you uh, make a deal with the Scientologist and put some money in, and, and keep these things <laughs> these theaters going? <laughs> That's a Scientology idea. I just I said it as a joke, but it's it's not that bad of an idea. They got money, and they like to preserve things in Hollywood. I don't know anything about other than them. Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood. The business end of show business every Sunday from 5 to 7 on KEIB. AM, 11.50 in Los Angeles. Now, uh, we um, I, I think we might go to the phones, uh, Sam. Is that what I'm... That what yeah, I'm we have... We've been talking paint, about the arc light. Yeah, paint your wagon, Mike. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, Mike, Hello, can you hear Joe. me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Fantastic! It's very, uh, very good to hear you from from you. We haven't heard from you in so long. Paint your wagon, Mike. I'm doing it. Is it? Yep. You're 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 a he's a he's a he's a movie uh, veteran, movie industry veteran. And I, we what we didn't know when he first started calling here that uh, maybe he knew. I didn't know. I used to work for him when I was about 19 years old. Uh, I was his assistant yeah, in his video uh, on Hollywood uh, Boulevard. Yeah, Hollywood Boulevard and Chippendales. Yes, we rented out uh, Chippendales. One night a week was closed at Chippendales, so we uh, rented out the building to do our dance club there. uh, I just like to tell people I I used to work at Chippendales, so... Uh, Okay, well, you wouldn't want me to tell you, uh, tell anybody the... uh, What's on the tape that you asked me where I could dub of either. Uh, (laughs) That's a joke. Anyway, uh, the reason I called is the first time I ever went in the Cinerama Dome was with all of my friends. You could not get in if you didn't have long hair and a beard uh, because all of the cast members and extras of Paint Your Wagon were uh, special invited guests along with the stars. And so the audience looked like the film on screen. It was all of my pals from the streets back in 1967 or 68. I forget which. And think it's 68. Yeah, go um, ahead. That, that was, uh, that's where I saw Paint Your Wagon. Yeah, that's where. So, I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't get to go to a, a premiere or anything, but, you know, when it was doing its regular run. Um, yeah. that's one of my memories. Oh, what a, what a great memory yeah. seeing paint your wagon. And a lot of, if you look back and read about paint your wagon, um, some people say like it wasn't successful or it didn't have it had bad reviews to me. It was, yeah. it was a great movie and, and it was, yeah, a, I, I fondly remembered my whole, you know, life. And then when I go back and watch it again, I think it holds up well. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, there were a lot of things about uh, the sort of making of it. Half of it was made in Oregon, but half of it was made in the sound stages that are now Raleigh Studios, right? 
And uh, and so they rebuilt this whole saloon in Raleigh Studios, and they literally went around sweeping up the streets, grabbing anybody with long hair and beards, including me and my brother and my roommates and so forth. And and so you had to look like an insurrectionist to get there, to get in. <laughs> yeah. Did, did, so we, did we you? So hired. was that your first job in the entertainment industry? Was being swept off for the streets of Hollywood to be an extra in Paint Your Wagon? Mm, uh, that was that was my first really big screen appearance. Uh, I grew up behind a drive-in theater in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, and you can imagine we could pull our lawn chairs out in front of our house and watch all of the movies that came through movies like thunder road and west side story and eight and a half and blah 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 anyway we and we so used to it, do we used to do that at the uh, at the at the warner drive-in in huntington beach and sit on the railroad tracks yeah. and watch uh, women in prison movies uh, at the <laughs> warner drive-in <laughs> Uh, well, uh, the other thing I just wanted to mention, I'm still alive because I remember once I was sitting at Wiener Schnitzel having a snack, and you and your producer at that time uh, were commenting on you thought that I was dead because uh, Tim's Vermeer came out and was a success and it was over for me. And uh, <laughs> me and Tim are still, uh, uh, we're working on a new project. And I can tell you, we've been to Pawnee, Oklahoma. I, my last trip, I drove 4,050 one miles round trip procuring uh, equipment from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. We're building a massive analog tape tube uh, studio in San Antonio. And guess what? We were going to buy a theater because mm-hmm. theaters are cheap. And so we were going to build the studio in a theater, but I talked to him about two weeks ago and uh, he bought a ranch, and so we're going to do it at the ranch instead. <laughs> well, that sounds exciting. Yeah, and you, uh, you make sure you stay in touch and keep us uh, abreast of all the stuff that you do because we're all big fans of Paint Your Wagon Mike. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, the reason I haven't called you much is basically I'm not that interested in Kardashians and Disneyland and, you know, but oh. you, you mentioned something near to my heart, so I had to call. What are you interested in? What, what, what are the topics uh, I cover? What, what, what do you think I should get, uh, get um, well, concentrate I was, on? I was, in this, I was in a recording studio in Highland Park uh, last Sunday, and I was filming one of my favorite bands from the old scene, uh, from Scream and all those clubs we used to do, you used to do, uh, yeah. a band called The Hangman. You remember The Hangman? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, they were doing two tracks uh uh, Brian, the singer, lives in Montana now and flew in uh, to work on a production. He does production as well, and he was working on something in Culver City and had time to um, record a couple of songs while I was here. Pulled the band wow. back together, and I, ca- I came along to shoot, to film. Well, ca- please call more often, okay? Uh, it, give me something to talk about, and I'll call. <laughs> All right. I think uh, after that story, though, I think I might stick to the Kardashians. But I, oh, I but, um, have a, I I'm just have kidding. A, I, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. All right. Also involves long hair. I'll have to call you back when you're talking about Disney Island in the future. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Talk to you then. All right. Thanks, Mike. Paint your wagon. So you don't know that we have the paint your wagon theme song in our thing because I, I don't think you were the engineer when he used to call all the time. Ah, I, I, I think we still have it laying around. Yeah. I've seen it. I'll see if I can dig it up. 
dig it up. Dig it up. We can play it um, going out of the break or something or coming in the next one. Um, it's funny. The um, Yeah, I saw the Paint Your Wagon at the um, Cinerama Dome. I, I mean, I, I remember all the 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 they have how all these pop ups, you know, like um, from every time there's a movie, they, they you know they make these uh, pop up uh, promotion stand up things, and they're all they're all you know die cut. They're not just like oh here's a poster. It's a die cut you know wagon, uh, or it's a die cut uh, volcano for the opening of Krakatoa east of Java, uh, die cut um, you know diorama of of uh, the push me pull you and uh um rex harrison in paint your wagon hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So, of course, great memories for me. It's not um, the duty of publicly traded companies to keep my uh, memories, you know, alive and, and, and lose money doing it. But um, I hope they can pull it together somehow. Uh, but if I was the yeah, if I was a Netflix guy, I'd be like, you know what, I gotta keep this stuff going. I don't wanna be blamed for closing down the Chinese theater. Is that next? Cinerama Dome, the the Fox Bruin, Westwood, you know, just you, you, you gotta keep these things there. Um and then I'm looking on Wikipedia now, Paint Your Wagon opened. First theater was um the Lowe's State in New York, and then um a seventy nine week run at the Astoria Theater in London. Where the Vandals would uh, sell out that place in like 2002, I think it was, uh, uh, out there in the theater district. They, they have concerts. Yeah. And uh, that was probably our biggest show in London. Uh, but maybe we'll be playing at the Cinerama Dome sometime. You never know, right? That would be pretty cool. Uh, find, could... a, find other ways to repurpose it and make it still usable for movie theaters and um for movie premieres and stuff like that but give it some new life they have a theater here a historic theater called the bay theater in seal beach and um these guys i thought it was going to get destroyed and some guys came and saved it and they are making it so you can show movies and and you can have concerts and bless their hearts and bless whoever keeps the cinerama dome uh going and uh, if you haven't seen Paint Your Wagon, it's a, it's a musical starring Lee Marvin and Clint Eastwood. Uh, you know, it's a Western. You know, in like 1969, they, they were, you know, that was one of the, that, that, that was one of, that's a kind of a little old Hollywood thing is Western with older actors in it and musicals. But once, um, and they were kind of dying out, the, the Westerns were, but then once, um, like My Fair Lady uh, and West Side Story like hit in the same year, and just boom, we need more musicals like this, big musicals. So they they uh, slapped together the uh, Doctor Doolittle, and they put out Paint Your Wagon, Paint Your Wagon. I think ended it. Never made their money back on that that thing, but I liked it. All right, let's take a break. Come back. I got a few more Disneyland things. Like, so what the hell's going on over at Disneyland? I don't care if, if Paint Your Wagon Mike doesn't like Disneyland. <laughs> uh, 
A lot of people do. And like, you know, did you notice when I said, "Let's, what should we be uh, focusing on?" And he just like talked about a, a recording session and with the the hangman. I don't know. I think I'm going to stick with Disneyland and the Kardashians. So we'll take a break and we will check the traffic. Come right back, Joe Escalante, live in Hollywood. Dingaleo, come little donkey, come. Dingaleo, come little donkey, come. My donkey walk, my donkey talk, my donkey eat with a knife. Joe Escalante, and live my from Hollywood. Walk, talk, the business end of show business, two hours. Of it every Sunday from 5 to 7 on KEIB AM 1150. Uh, okay, so maybe that's enough. Well, maybe a little more pa- pa- um, uh, paint your wagon. Okay, Lee Marvin, Clint Eastwood, singing songs, you know, singing like musical songs. And then Gene Seberg. Gene Seberg, uh, you remember there was a movie about her uh, last year as a. Um, she's, she, she kind of epitomizes the, the French New Wave for starring in Breath- Breathless by. Jean-Luc Goddard, director, and um, and then she, the movie, uh, uh, the movie about her was um, focused on the fact that she was pro- that she was the target of an FBI investigation because she was like funneling money and supporting the Black Panthers, and uh, the FBI didn't like it, and eventually it, it, they believe she committed suicide. She like. Uh, it's like, I think she was like found in a car or something like that. But anyway, so that's a, a lot of stuff going on with Paint Your Wagon. All right, what do we got next? We're talking some more Disneyland stuff? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Paint Your Wagon, Mike. We do need to get to the Disneyland stuff because things are starting to open back up. Uh, it's uh, yeah. not just Disneyland, but a lot of the other uh, theme parks around town are starting to get the ball rolling, and it's good to see. Uh, but Disneyland had... a uh, a bit of a mad dash for the tickets for people trying to get in either on opening day or close to it. And there was a story uh, in the LA times about somebody who had to go through an, a 28 hour ordeal to get tickets for Disneyland's reopening. Yeah. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, the place was the whole problem with the place is too many people wanted to go there. Now that it's been closed for a year, too many people times a thousand want to go there. So I think we all expected this. Uh, uh, you know, I feel I feel bad for the person. Oh, Joe, are you going? Yeah, I'm going on the 27th. But whatever, I don't know. Oh, you. Lucky. Uh, well, and well, no, and that's uh, the thing. A lot of the people that I know that are season ticket holders, we we're you know we we're talking about the pass holders uh, and how you know they were clogging up a lot of the things at the park and making the overall experience for most people just trying to have fun at the park kind of become a little bit worse. A lot of the people that I noticed that were complaining the most about how the uh, reopening and the buying of the tickets and that whole process went were the people who were the pass holders who had the sense of entitlement because they had been pass holders this whole time. So they should be able to get to the front of the line. And they started seeing like, you know what, now you're starting to see kind of the log jam that you guys have created at the park, only virtually trying to buy the tickets now. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it it's uh it's interesting. I I, I got a I didn't know what to do. I uh, I didn't know. I had several ways to get a ticket and I only have a couple days to go cuz my show starts shooting May 3rd. So I'm going to be gone all of May. The park opens May 30th. So I got on that website. I got a reservation right away. And then I got invited to a premiere 
day. So I'm going to, so I technically have three tickets now to go on three different dates. Wow. Um, and that's a, and they're like, you know, it's not like I could transfer them. They're kind of like, so I've got one for the 28th. That's the, I think the preview day. I got one for a general opening day and I got one for June 4th when I come back. So wasn't that right hard now, for you're me? the envy of every pass holder out there. <laughs> like ah. they, they want to like walk. They're like lining up outside your door. Like you, you've got the Robitussin for all of their ills. And I had two, I had two, um, tickets for the 28th. Um, and I, I go, oh, I, I, oh, I have this, uh, way to get them and that way to get them. So I, um, I didn't have a problem. Um, so I don't know what to tell you people. <laughs> uh, I, I, it, it was, it was easy for me. Um, I have too many. I have an embarrassment of riches. I don't have time to go to all this amusement parks. And they're and non-transferable, guess, right? Non-transferable. I, I can't even let my wife, uh, use them if, if, if she didn't have one. Wow. But, um, uh, so I think on the 28th, I'm just, I, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep my 30th one. I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go by myself because my wife is like, I can't go. She's got a hair appointment. So I think I'll just go there and walk around and see what it's like on regular opening day. I'm going to go on the 28th with the preview day. And then when I come back, I'll get you on June 4th. And, um, that should be enough for me. I mean, I like Disneyland, but I'm not like a freak. I'm not a pin trader. And I'm not saying that pin traders are freaks. Oh, wait, I am. They are. Okay. I'm sorry I said it. Uh, well, and there's a lot about, you know, being a person that has, you know, who is in the secret club, you know, the secret handshake and everything like that. And it's, it's got to be that feeling of like, you get to see the, the park from kind of the bird's eye. You get the bird's eye view of a lot of the things that are going on. And for the people that are lining up and get, you know, like, really frustrated about getting in this is like uh, the experience that for the people who are going to get in i feel like this was the experience that was kind of intended from the beginning was not to have huge crowds of people that just show up every day as kind of no, a social those, gathering event but those uh, days are over you go to the mall if you want to walk around in your disney jacket yeah go to the garden walk yeah but don't go in there go, don't go inside and clog it up so people that are coming here from Friggin' Africa for the once in a lifetime uh, uh, experience can't even you know walk around because it's so crowded. Those days are over. But I didn't get mine with any like I got two tickets with no privileges. I just got online and got two tickets. So um, one of mine was privileges. It was a preview day. Um, but I got two tickets with no privileges. Just got online and got two tickets on two separate days. That's lucky. <laughs> either either that's Maybe. like just dead luck, or you had some kind of code to get in to get. No, that. no, that's, I just got in there and um, I just put in my my thing and and there I was. People were complaining um, of being in line for ten hours, twelve hours. One one person was like, "Disney is dead to me. It's as dead hey, as the dinosaur good. I've been staring at on my screen for ten hours." Yeah, good. It's gone. You know. Um, not spray farms going to open soon. And you know what? They've been doing a great job too. We got 30 so, seconds. Uh, so, uh, I don't know what to tell you people. Um, okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I, I, I didn't get it with any privileges. I got two tickets. So I just got in there and, and it worked for me. Um, as far as I know. I mean, maybe they, you know, they see my name. Oh, this is a valuable member of the, valuable member of the media. Let's let them in. Ha, ha, ha. As if. Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood. Uh, one more hour of this when we come back. I am Taurus. I'm from Jungle. You can be my friend. Live from Hollywood. By Hollywood, you mean Burbank. This is two hours of the business end of the entertainment business, where we talk about uh, deals that are made, lawsuits that are happening, and just you know stuff that in, that that affects the business part of it. Uh, because no one else is going to do that if we don't do it. We might. Um, you might. There's a lot of people talking about gossip, and. Uh, uh, you know, plots and movie reviews. We might do. We might. I might tell you I like a movie or something like that. But it's not really. It's not the point of the show, really. Uh, so it makes it special. Sam is here. Sam, what? Where are we going to next? Since you're directing this episode. Uh, Disney. Uh, Chief at Disney says that ABC has passed on some quote unquote inque- incredibly well written scripts because they lack diversity. And who's this Disney executive that that, that we call uh, head of Disney? Dana Walden. It's, oh, Dana uh, Walden. Okay. Disney oh, Television's chairman of entertainment. Okay. Didn't she, wait, didn't she come from Fox? Is she part of that Fox thing? I'm not sure. But um, in any case, it's very it's a very interesting thing to admit. So they're saying um, there's two ways to look at that. Of course, one way is well, good for her, good for Disney. Um, we need we need diversity more than we need anything else, and people are marginalized, and we need to give them a voice. That's one way. The other way is, um, if I'm a shareholder, I'm like, whoa, 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 what did you say? And I'm not a shareholder, shareholder, so I don't care. Whoa, 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 did you just say you're producing worse products than you could because you're? I mean, I could get cynical and say, wait. 
because you're, you, you don't want to buy from white people? I mean, I think we could go make that leap because white people dominated the industry. That's where if it's all white, it's not diverse. So we can't buy stuff from white people, uh, no matter how good it is, because we need to be diverse. I'm not passing judgment on this decision, but it's a very bold thing to say. I think it's I think it's I, I, hats off to her for saying it. Yeah, we're that committed to diversity. OK, that's what she's that's uh, she's the leader. And that's the what she's putting out there. Uh, I, you know, I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't. Uh, it's one of those things where you just it sounds terrible until you think about it like, well, you know, this country's changing and, 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 and we can't have the same stories told by the same white people forever if the demographics of this country is changing. So, you know, if you got 40 percent Latinos in the country, maybe 40 uh, percent Latino stories should be OK. Um, I don't know if Asians, if, if we have however many percent Asians, maybe maybe, you know, maybe it's a good business decision, too, because at cert a certain point, you know, people in certain uh, cultures are going to go elsewhere. They're going to say, oh, why, why don't, I'm not going to watch Disney stuff anymore. It's too whitewashed. I'm going to watch stuff made by Tyler Perry or paid by made by whoever made crazy rich Asians. Um, I don't know. Uh, don't know you know, they might be trying that. to open up foreign markets as well. There's other, yeah, you know, good point. Uh, ways that you can look at it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't like the idea of passing up on quality stuff. But at the same time, aren't there other companies that won't pass up on these scripts? You know what? Not really. Everybody's the same. Hmm. Everybody's the same. Um, so uh, there's a lot of people, and I've heard from them. And they're saying, I, you know, people with Emmys and overall deals in the millions a year can't, cannot sell something. Hmm. But what they do to you in the meeting, I've heard, is they say, this is great, Mr. Success of All Time. How do you feel about being paired with a diverse writer? And you could look at that two ways. Oh, that's a great way to mentor uh, someone who's in, uh, uh, not, th whose voice is not being heard. Um, and then they could, you know, give them a leg up. Or it could be a tokenism. Look, we're going to put this guy, he's a, he's a hamung, and he's uh, not that great writer, but you can you'll you know, we put him on the on the marquee, and we'll give him a credit, and he'll share credit with you, and you'll you can uh, you know show him the ropes. Now now we're good, right? Everybody good? Everybody good? Now the guy, and it's usually a guy, says, "You go to hell." I'm blah 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 blah. You know, I wrote blah 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 blah. I had ten hits on the air partner me with some guy just because you have some quota or the guy could say hey that's cool i too would like to help people get a leg up can go either way it depends on how you want to how you feel that day i guess <laughs> <laughs> which side of the bed did you wake up on because yeah. i've heard people i've heard people you know storm out of the office and i've heard people um go wow well, at least it's a chance at least they didn't say no who is this person um and you can all also just harass that person every day, and um, and maybe they'll stop doing that. <laughs> Some old white guys. We got to stop pairing these people with old white guys. They just like <laughs> they're harassing them. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. 
I just don't know. This is a changing world. Yeah. But I admire that woman for being upfront about it. Yeah. Uh, the direct quote from her is that uh, I will tell you that f- uh, for the first time we've received some incredibly, incredibly well-written scripts that did not satisfy our standards in terms of inclusion, and we passed on them. That's not going to get on the air anymore uh, because that's not what our audience wants. That's not a reflection of our audience. And I feel good about the direction we're moving. Yeah. What are you going to do? This is, yeah. And you, 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 you brought up a great point about international markets. You, you, you can't make money without these international things unless you're Fox. I mean, I, I, I work for Fox and they, you know, I, there's nothing international about my show. It's America. <laughs> it's all America. Um, but they, you know, they make billions of dollars every year in profit. So I don't, um, I don't question them. They are, um, they make more money than anybody. Like Netflix loses two billion, Fox makes three billion. So how do you argue? Just all right, you got your, um, you got your thing. They got their thing, and uh, um, yeah, interesting. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, and then what else is next? Uh, let's see. Hank Azaria, uh, Simpsons voice actor, voice of Apu and a bunch of other characters, uh, apologizing for his portrayal of the character Apu Nahasapima Petalon. Yeah, I read that and I, I noticed that, like, you know, the one of them that really, really, and these two ways you can go with this too. It's like, ah, oh, give me a break, you people. Oh my gosh, the Simpsons, it's harmless, it's great, it's iconic. But, you know, some kid came up to him and said, hey, you know what, I get made fun of, you know, what is with this Apu thing? You know, I'm, I'm the only Indian guy here. People call me Apu, and then he's like, Apu's, you know, he's a, a 7-Eleven employee. It's like, why, you know, and and that, that I think that tugged at his heartstrings. Yeah. Although, and then and then I think they're going to have more people. And then he plays a black guy. Yeah. Uh, also he, on the show. He plays one of Homer's coworkers, his friends, uh, on the show. And he's... Yeah. Uh, taken himself off of that role as well. It's now been taken over by Alex Desert. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, um, I mean, you can, you can go too far where you say, well, every single person that plays a role has to be, have a genetic DNA test to make sure they are that ethnicity. You could go that far. But in general, you're like, you know what? The, uh, you have a Mexican playing a Mexican. They're going to bring more to it. And it's going to be more authentic. Yeah. So, so get a Mexican. Same with the black. That's the that's uh, the plan, Doctor Hibbert, uh, uh, the town's uh, doctor. He's now going to be. He was, I believe, voiced by Harry Shearer. He's now going to be voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson. So it looks like that's the yeah. overall move that they're yeah. making. They have the money to do that now. When they first started out, you know, it was like, hey, we got to get this guy. Can he do ten voices? Okay, good. Um, you're hired. Um, so that was. I think it's all forgivable. But I, you know, if he had the money, like if I had the money, I I, I think this is. You know they're, they're putting a, they're thinking they're overthinking everything obviously, around in, in entertainment now they're 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 frightened, and they're overthinking everything. But if I was producing The Simpsons, I would, you know, work within my budget. If I could get a guy to do ten voices, he'd do ten voices. I don't care what race they are. But over time, once I started making gazillions, now I would, if I had all the money and money wasn't the object or unlimited money, I would never have a black guy. Um, I'd never have a white guy play a black guy. It's ridiculous. You know, it's yeah. just, it, it, to me, I'm offended by it. Uh, and, um, and it's, it's, it's stupid. And a white guy doing a Mexican guy, it's stupid. But when you're making a show at the beginning, you know, you're, 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 you're making these characters and, and you got, you need one guy to play 10 people. 
I get yeah. it. They have no, a lot of characters sense. on that show. It makes sense. A lot of the same people had numerous voices on the show. Yeah. And, and yeah. when it's when they had little amounts of money and had to do everything on a shoestring, then you can understand that. But now they got buckets of money. So, yeah, buckets of money. They can take the DNA tests and yeah. see see who who's allowed to be who. Um, it's to me, it's silly to mandate it. It's silly to protest it. It's silly to uh, boycott it and all that stuff. But it's also silly to do it in a way. So, but I just hope people can just, you know, leave it up to them and and um, and I think that's yeah, leave it up to uh, let them do what they're going to do. And uh, but if you're smart and you're a producer. You know, you would be smart to have the same people to the same ethnicities. But if you got a guy who's really, and then what about the guy on um, Dan Mintz on uh, Bob's Burgers who play who does a woman, and yeah. everyone's mad at him. But that's it, man. He nails that woman. Well, I know it's not just voiceover work. You have even American actors. If they're going to do a movie in England with someone, they have to do a British accent. You got Brits up in an uproar about it. So it's something that it's. Not just How, with voiceovers yeah. and different uh, ethnicities. It's something that's almost nationalistic, too. Well, and, I got, but, and what about, uh, okay, I get it. You can't have a, um, you know, if you have a gay character, um, you know, give it to a gay actor. It'd probably, um, you know, bring more to the role. But if you start making this a rule and everyone's got to, you know, write it down and take notes of everything, now you got a problem because now the gay actor cannot play a straight actor, a straight role. Yeah. So you just cut them out of a, a ton of roles, you know, uh, potentially. So anyway, uh, it's usually the the answer is lighten up, people. Everybody, uh, let's take a break and we'll check the traffic and come back with more Joe Escalante live from Hollywood. Looking out in the crowd, I see a lot of hotties. Tell me which Joe Escalante live from Hollywood. If by Hollywood you mean Burbank. Um, I guess you could call the show. We had a caller earlier, 877-520-1150. Um, if you wanted to, we'll see what happens, 877-520-1150. Uh, we are talking about the business end of show business. Uh, Sam, what, where are we? Where are we up? You're directing the show. Sharon Osborne. Uh, she was uh, a guest on Real Time with Bill Maher on Friday, and they had a couple of things that they had to talk about, especially uh, this guides us, by the way, into our cancel culture uh, segment of the show. Uh, and we were talking about a couple weeks ago how she lost her job on the talk uh, because of some uh, issue that happened on the show. Uh, stemming from stuff uh, between the royal family and Piers Morgan or whatever. And yeah, there's a lot to it, but she was on the show talking about uh, more or less getting canceled. And this is something that we've been discussing for a few months now, uh, how this seems to be going overboard. And that is kind of been Bill Maher's stance. And that's why Osborne was the first interview she had uh, was with Bill Maher. The first what was with Bill Maher? The first interview she had uh, oh, after no, this, this whole is thing. It, yeah. This what the first well, she, public statements she's made okay. was uh, uh, she made about it over the last month was on Friday night with Bill Maher. Well, she picked the right forum because uh, Bill Maher doesn't suffer this kind of you know uh, nonsense where people are being accused of uh, being racist. Um, you know, just because they are not sufficiently anti-racist, um, which is, I think, what it comes down to. If you did, if you didn't 
do what they told you to do, um, you know, you can't, you guys, and, and then some people think, well, they're never going to be happy. Um, and they'll, you'll, you'll never have done enough. And then if they don't like your answer, then they'll dig something out of your past. And it is, a lot of people think it's like, you know, North Korea or, um, you know, Soviet Union, where they just, uh, you can only think and say certain things. And if you, if you don't say and think certain things, you are sent off to the gulag. She's certainly been sent off to the gulag. Bill Maher, um, he's a very consistent um, commentator on, on, on uh, public affairs and, and things like that. So I think that was a smart thing for her to go to go to him. I didn't watch it, but I can imagine he just probably thought it was all nuts. Yeah, well, and they were talking about uh, and uh, what Mar said on the show when he was trying to sum up everything was Pierce Morgan was called a racist, lost his job, and then you were called a racist and lost your job. And who's the racist and why? And uh, it, basically the whole thing, uh, what Mar ended up saying, what it all boiled down to was you have to agree with everything Meghan Markle says, or you're a racist. And that's like, and he's like, is this the standard we have now? You have to agree with every person of color, or you're a racist. And there's some truth to the side where it's like, you know what? There is a lot of racism going on, and there's a lot of things that need to be pointed out as being racist systemically. But at the same time, there are people who are in the fight against racism who have devoted their lives to fighting against racism, who are now getting called out for being racist for things that really aren't related. And it's uh, like there's it seems like there's a big wide brush that everybody is getting painted with. And for a lot of people that are getting caught underneath that paintbrush are getting like who don't feel like they should be there are really getting hurt by it. Yeah. I mean, they, it, 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 you could sometimes these people eat their own and they out try to out, uh, uh, woke each other, I guess. Um, and it's, and then they, the worst one I, th- I think was that guy and the, the host of the bachelor when he started, you know, groveling with his apology for saying, give that girl a break. She didn't know what she was doing when she went to a, you know, and you went down to think, well, she went to this thing and she never said, you know, she's we all know she's not a racist, but she went to some thing that could be called insensitive. And then so she's she's canceled. And then that guy, the host of the show, um, said, hey, you know, maybe we should just, you know, um, she's young and give her a break. He's canceled. Um, a lot a lot of people, you know, what? It, it turns people off and it, I think it creates racism. Because people, hey, go ahead, please. Pe- people are, people see that, and they they retreat into their tribes, and they go, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to go out and wave a flag, and you know, turn in my parents for something racist they said in the 1950s, and I'm not going to, de- I'm going to retreat into my world and say, well, I guess I have to avoid any person of color. And any woke individuals, and I just have to uh, move to Idaho, where they don't do these things. That's not cool. Thirty seconds. That creates racism. So, um, well, so do racists. We can't overlook that. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, you got to be careful. There's there's no balance and there's no um, clear thinking. Yeah. It's just uh, it's people trying to score points and it's not and it's Twitter. It's all that stuff. All right. Joe Escalante live from Hollywood. Uh, check the traffic and stuff, and we'll be back. You can't be lazy. Never use a messy recipe. The cake will end up crazy. If you do the cooking by the book, then you'll have a cake. We gotta have it made. You know that I love cake. Finally, it's time to make a cake. Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood. By Hollywood, you mean Burbank. Uh, the business end of showbiz every Sunday from 5 to 7. KEIB AM 1150. Number in the studio is 877-520-1150. Uh, where are we going now, Sam? R. Kelly. Everybody's favorite guy who thinks he can fly. Uh, now. Yeah, go ahead. What, what's going on? I mean, like, isn't he in prison? He's being held right now in Chicago, but there's a second trial that's coming up that they're trying, and they're going to be moving him to New York. And uh, the second, or that trial uh, start after had a bunch of delays, but it looks like it's going to start happening this summer. So is he out on bail? Uh, I don't think he's, I think he's being held in Chicago without bail. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's incarcerated at the moment. I'm, I'm finding out. So he is, he's got more trouble. What's the more trouble? Uh, well, prosecutors allege that he had basically a bunch of his managers, bodyguards and other employees helped him recruit a bunch of women for sex. A uh, jury is expected to hear the testimony from everybody. And, uh, yeah, he's denied it this whole time. But yeah, judge said that they are going to start doing their preparations and move him to New York. It looked like this thing was going to be held up because of the pandemic. But mm-hmm. now it looks like the ball's finally rolling and we're going to finally start seeing some movement on the R. Kelly case. Because that's something that ever since that uh, the story broke and then that documentary came out, this has been something that a lot of eyes have been on and we've been waiting to see some movement. So it looks like things are finally going to start moving on that one. Okay, so the news is... Uh, it's, it's ramping up to have a trial and, but he's, he's in, he's in incarcerated right now, but, but there's finally going to be a trial of some kind. Yeah. 
Uh, and that finally, we're going to actually start hearing some testimony under oath about what okay. actually happened and not stuff that we're just going to get, you know, stuff on a documentary where, like we talked about, anybody can say anything in a documentary. And now we're going to start seeing stuff in court. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, his lawyers say, hey, he didn't do any of this. He's, um, he's, he's uh, been wrongfully accused. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and what, what else is happening? Harvey Weinstein, more Me Too stuff. Uh the uh, professor emeritus of the Me Too movement, uh, Harvey yeah. Weinstein, is fighting extradition back to L.A. Uh, his lawyers are saying that he's practically blind and he's starting to lose teeth. Really, uh, my question is, is it really worth extraditing him if it, if it looks like he's already going to be in prison there for his life? The charges that he's going to be facing here in L.A. look like they're going to be and he's already serving 23 years in New York for rape, sexual assault. He faces 11 more counts in California, rape, sexual battery, five incidents that occurred between 2004 and 2013. He's facing 140 years behind bars. The guy, if he's blind, losing teeth, is already facing another 23 years. Is it really worth it to extradite? Well, it, it's, um, first of all, they exaggerate his frailty. Um, the, the defense does so that, so that they can, uh, keep him where he is and not have to go places. And of course he's got a walker losing teeth. I wonder if he's lost his teeth cause he got punched, um, e- behind bars for being a chomo. I would hope so. Um, so I don't know, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, someone's gotten missing teeth in prison, you know? Um, but I mean, it, it's all for, for us, we can sit here and say, I think they should take the amount of money they were going to spend to send them to California and try him and give that money to the poor. We, I mean, that's, you know, all that sounds good and that's wonderful. But if you're one of the girls that, that, that was, um, whose life was destroyed by him, allegedly, you want your day in court. Yeah. And you want justice here for your crime, and you have a right to it. Yeah. So what are you going to do? No, but it's, and, um, and I, honest, but you're right. I, I think, he, and I, I question whether it's worth it. But honestly, they deserve their day in court, and it for the amount of counts against him, it's worth it. It's uh, the guy. Yeah. Obviously, uh, if all of these things, if all of these allegations are true, the guy's a monster. And he deserves to have as many charges levied against him that are valid. Yeah, bring him to Hollywood, where he did a lot of this stuff, and and uh, give people their day in court. I mean, there's not much else you can do. Yeah. Uh, where Tom Hanks's son Chet is being sued by his ex-girlfriend for alleged assault and battery, uh, and it's an ugly incident that. Uh, it occurred about six months ago, October 18th, uh, 2020. Parker claims that she took a trip to New Orleans to support Hanks in his, one of his roles coming up. And the two got into a huge argument about where they were going to have dinner. Usually that. Why is it that people constantly argue about the lamest stuff? Seriously. What was the fight about? Where they were going to have dinner. Ah, oh, well, you know what? That's a... Um... That's, that's, you know, that's, a, that's, it's not an easy thing to well, a man or wife, but I have a tip. I have a pro-life tip that I got. Well, not like pro-life, like, you know, anti-abortion pro-life, but a life pro tip, a life hack 
for when you're with your wife and it always goes the same way. Uh, where, where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where, I want to eat anywhere you want to eat. And you know that's not true. Mm-hmm. And you say, let's, okay, and let's eat at the steakhouse. Oh, steak. Look, I, I need a salad or something, you know. Okay, let's go to salad land. No, you don't want to go to salad land. I don't want to go to salad land. You know, you don't want to. Just go wherever you want to go. Um, okay, well, okay, uh, no, we should go to salad land. I don't want to go to salad land. Okay, um, uh, let's go to, I mean, come on, let's go. To, I could use a salad. You could use sal- Let's just go to salad land. Um, well, fine, you can go, but I'm not eating. I'm not even eating. I mean, that's how it works. Yeah. So I have I have a tip. Here's what you do. This will work some of the time, even if it works half the time. You, you go, hey, sweetheart, guess where I was planning to take you for dinner? And the first place she guesses, you say, correct. Unless she's guessing like, oh, some stupid place. Um, and you wouldn't, she won't guess that because you're saying, guess where I plan to take you to dinner? Like it's, it's going to be a place that she likes. And then she says, oh, salad land. And you go, yes. Very good guess. And you go to salad land. Hmm. See, yeah. that's the thing. If, if usually if I tried doing that, they would say, oh, but I'm not in this mood for salad. And then it would just start the whole thing again. Well, I'm, I'm saying it won't work every time, but I have tried it and it was a slam dunk. Nice. Because you get you get you get them to say I, I'm pretty sure my wife's not listening right now, so I'm not going to blow this. But um, you get them to say what they're thinking would be a positive place to eat, and we all know that's where you want to eat. You want to go to the place where she thinks it'll be a positive uh, experience, and you don't want complaints. So you want to know it, but you can't get it out of her. That's how you get it out of her. Yeah. See, I wish. So, uh, I you, wish, you, I wish the, my audience is welcome for that. You're welcome. You're all welcome for that. I saved your marriage. I wish Chet Hanks had actually tried that advice because this incident led to him grabbing her by the wrist, pulling her forcefully to him, uh, holding her wrist tight in a painful grip, uh, pulling her th- uh, to the room, verbally assaulting her, becoming aggressive and hostile. Uh, he uh, quote unquote said. I would not disrespect him. He was in control. He would not allow what happened with his mom and dad's relationship to happen to ours and other things. You know, it's got to be hard being Tom Hanks' son. I get it. Um, You know, you can go many ways, but I'm looking at pictures of him and, um, you know, the tattoos. Uh, He he is – he's exuding – this macho aggressive image mm-hmm. i am a badass bro with a backwards baseball cap and tattoos that are very uh expensive and 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 planned out you know some people have tattoos i got this one in the joint i got this one when i was in the gang i got this one when i've had some money once and all these other ones i just get you know i traded them for drugs you know stuff like that um and then you end up with a certain kind of look and then some people say well like Money's no object, so let me plan this out and pick out a badass look for myself. And he picked out a badass look for himself, and uh, so he looks aggressive. Um, and, and if he, uh, well, I'm scared of him. I'm scared of him. I look at that, I'm scared. I get mad. I mean, I'm sure he's a sweetheart, but you know, tattoos. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm not sure if he's a sweetheart. I mean, he grabbed her with force, pushed her with such force that knocked over tables, threw a bottle at her, uh, made some really harsh racial 
epithets at her. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, well, she's yeah. African-American, and he definitely Ooh. used that against her. Uh, during the week of Christmas, uh, he threatened to blow her brains out, threatened to murder or suicide because he did not want to live and would blow his brains out, too. Yeah, this I, is that old gag. Th- this uh, whole thing is just ugly. let me just say, let me just say this. This gentleman is not my cup of tea. No, no, no. Uh, and I, we should we take that Dodger cap off because we don't need him in the Dodger uh, now uh, fan he, fan base. There was a suit prior to that where he sued her for theft because there was money missing from his uh, bank account. So a lot of the violence and stuff like that might be stemming from what's going on there. Uh, he confronted her about stealing money from his credit card. Uh, he uh, had it all on video. Uh, his defense is claiming, and his statement is claiming, that her claims are completely false, fabricated, and fictional. I used to, when I spent a few years volunteering in the courts as a small claims judge, and I, I had a lot of these fights between women and uh, men over, you know, he stole this, she stole that, that's mine. He, I, I, I lent her, she's got all my money, you gave me that money. Um, no, I lent you that money and you got to pay it back. And uh, no, 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 you gave me that money. It's so embarrassing. And, um, you know, they end up in court. And the, the courts don't want to. They don't want this stuff. They don't. They, they, this this deprives regular people and marginalized people of justice. When we fill the courts with spoiled, uh, immature people fighting over um, stupid stuff, so it's just it's just it's just something to be avoided. They fought over. Any, they fought over legal, dinner. Um, you know, it just it usually usually. It's just it's just something the judge doesn't want to see, and then everyone just you know they pay a bunch of lawyers, and it never comes out well. There's, it's just oh, it's gross. When you get into a fight this like knockdown dragout over dinner, there's something wrong with the relationship, and it may not be worth holding on to there, Chet. Yeah, but he doesn't want to look like he lost, um, like the girl left him. You know that's a macho thing too. No woman's gonna leave me, that kind of thing. All right, you're the psychiatrist or psychologist, um, but you know he seems like that kind of guy that doesn't want the public shame of someone leaving him. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's now he's shamed himself infinitely more. Had he uh, had he just walked away like a man, he would have been spared so much embarrassment, legal problems. This, if, if that's the case, if it's, if it's just a macho thing that he doesn't want to lose, then he needs to understand that sometimes losing is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. Um, is he... Uh, I saw some story that says he's, he, he, he sometimes uses a fake Caribbean accent. Is that true? Yeah, I saw that as well. And he's a rapper? First of all, uh, here's another thing. When you're, uh, you've probably seen this on Instagram or something. It says, when you're feeling low and you're feeling uh, sad about your life, just think about um, no matter how things get bad, there's always some guy from uh, your hometown who's trying to become a rapper. <laughs> so things can't, you know, they can't be all bad, that bad if you're not that person. 
And Chet Hanks is that person for whoever, um, you know, went to high school with him. Uh, he went to Northwestern University, um, so he must have had some uh, some 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 kind of um, academics at some point. Or maybe he got in the side door like Lori Laughlin's kids. Yeah, we're up Lori against Laughlin, the break. She's out of jail now, right? Yeah, we're up against the break. Oh yeah, okay, go. Sorry. Yeah, break. Come back. Joe Escalante is my lawyer. Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood. We just got a, a few minutes left in this segment. I want to we'll say a little bit more about uh, Chet Hanks, the rapper, um, uh, alleged wife beater. Is it wife or girlfriend? Alleged rapper, too. Alleged rapper, uh, boasting about using the N-word, all these kinds of things. Um, anyway, he went to uh, Harvard-Westlake right here in um, – the San Fernando Valley near the stu- radio studio where we are signal comes out of. And um, I guess his family tried to scare him straight, send him to a prison, like to, to visit, to see what it was like. And I guess he just kept going high, getting high. This is all according to Radar Online back in 2015. He was just a troubled. I mean, I feel so bad for, for um, Tom uh, Hanks and Rita Wilson. And. So let's just leave him alone um, and say that you should go see Tom Hanks' movie, News of the World. It's great. Um, and then, okay, so uh, and the last thing we'll talk about is Lori Laughlin and Massimo. They're both out of jail now. What's going on with that? Yeah, they've been released from home confinement, and they are now free to roam about as they – or it's uh, Massimo has been f- – has now been f- uh, released and is free to roam about as he pleases. They were – they're on home confinement during – a pandemic all of us were on home confinement yeah it's it's there's no justice but anyway yeah Yeah, they're um they're screwed in so many ways you know what are we gonna do and then you had some fire festival news fire festival everybody's favorite fake festival uh 277 ticket holders finally settled their lawsuit with the people that threw the fake festival uh each one of them is going to get awarded 70 or $7,222 uh but uh the lawyer or a partner at the lawyer basically said uh the recipients may not see the full amount because of multiple creditors that are involved in the whole thing but there will be some monetary relief in some form uh or fashion pending approval uh the dude who put it all together uh said f- he was incredibly sorry for all of his actions uh People paid between $1,200 and $100,000 to see bands like Blink-182 and Migos. They were they were um, paying for a douche experience, and they got one. Yeah. So I, I, I don't I, – I don't, I don't feel bad for anybody here. So the, the, only, smart paid, pe- the only smart people were Blink-182 because they figured out – they were the only band to figure out this guy was full of it, and they didn't show up. Yeah. They, and they backed out early. Uh, what, the guys who get uh, – I, I – you know, uh, applause to the people that paid only $1,200 to get in because they get $6,000 back uh, on top of what they spent. But the people who spent over $100,000 to only get se- possibly $7,000 back as, uh, as you know, and that's just not enough. And that's, you know, for a douche experience, I think they got what they paid for. Yeah, they did. They got what they paid for and they are, um, they, maybe they learned a lesson. But no one's going to get any seven thousand dollars. I will bet nobody gets anything, yeah. nothing. And then you got and then you have to get a lawyer, your own individual lawyer, to try to get that money. And uh, the only person that's going to get any money is maybe the lawyer. 
so that's 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 what I think. So, you know, thirty seconds. You want you want VIP treatment? You know, <laughs> listen to this show. I give everybody VIP treatment. Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood. I now leave you with just a taste of the greatest song ever written. And we'll talk to you next week. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.